0: Good morning, very happy Easter. The reading is taken from Mark 16, um, verses 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they may go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And here ends the verse.
1: Can I wish you Happy Easter as well? Is that too many wishes of Happy Easter this morning? (laughs) The the reading uh, today is all about these three women who go to the tomb of Jesus and they don't find Jesus. But they come away with the promise of meeting up with Jesus alive and well. And even today, being a Christian is about meeting up with Jesus in a sense. It's not just about following his wise advice or copying his lifestyle it's about having him as your friend who's always there. And so I want to use this true story of the women going to the tomb to show you three steps to go through to meet up with Jesus. Sound good? Three steps. Now, I would have had these on the screen, but I messed up this morning, so it's not there. I'm sorry about that. You have to remember these, okay? Step number one, come empty-handed. Come empty-handed. Now, kids... Let me read to you the first verse of our reading, and you can tell me what the women brought with them to the tomb of Jesus. Here goes. Kids, listen up. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. So, hands up. What did they bring? Yes. Yes. Spices, yeah, absolutely. Do you know why they brought spices? Do any of the kids know? Yes, over here. Chloe? I'm coming down so I can hear you better. <laughs> to, keep the body fresh. to keep the body fresh. Absolutely, yeah. So it doesn't rot. Yeah, to make it smell nice because it's a dead body, so it needs to smell nice. It's to give their friend a proper send-off, really. Um, a ritual to go through to, to say goodbye in a way. Now, did they need those spices in the end? No, and why not? Yes. Because he was gone. Yeah, exactly. So there was no body to anoint. Jesus had risen from the dead. So they wanted to anoint a dead body, and God wanted to bring a dead body back to life. Can you see the difference? So they'd have been better coming empty-handed and trusting God to do something more amazing than they could have done with a load of spices. If we come empty-handed, it shows that we believe that the power lies with what God can do, not with what we have to offer. Do you see what I mean? Now, we aren't likely to come to God with spices, but we we still try coming to God with our hands full. Here we go. I know that many of you were thinking, when is the box going to come out? I've got my money's worth out of these boxes. (laughs) Every family service. So, maybe we come to God uh, with a gift. Maybe we've made a big donation that week. I was in a Hindu temple once and a guy actually turned up with a shopping trolley filled with food as a gift to his God. So, you know, we come with our hands full of, of a gift that we've made perhaps. Or maybe it's not a gift, but maybe we feel we have to come to God with a clear conscience at least on Sunday morning, even if our conscience before that isn't quite clear, you know? We come with a clear conscience. Uh, if we can't quite manage that, because even this morning it hasn't been a great day, at least if nobody else knows and we haven't been found out, we can keep the mask on. And maybe if we can fool everybody else in church, we can fool God as well. So we come with our hands full of a you know, big smile and God will accept me like this. Um, or maybe... These are hearts, by the way. This was the last thing I painted last night, so a bit wobbly, but um, perhaps we feel if we bring a certain number of good deeds that we've done this week, good things, ways we've helped people, we, we keep this in our hands so that when we come to God, we can say, God, look, look at all these good things that I've done this week. Can you see how we come with our hands full to God, thinking we have something to offer him? But the power always lies with God. Our good works, whatever, will not save us. They cannot contribute anything. They're like, they're like spices that the ladies brought to the tomb and the body was gone. Just worthless. We have to remember that it is God who has the power, so come empty-handed. Step number one. Step number two, doubt your doubts. What do I mean by that? Well, We all have doubts when we come to God. We all have these puzzling thoughts that trouble us. And it's good to doubt those doubts because we don't have the full picture. And we might even be asking the wrong questions. Some things that are difficult for us are easy for God. Now, uh, Joshua was playing with these the other day. Joshua, if you don't know him, is two. And uh, they're stacking cups. He was trying to put them together. And he had a problem where, you know, one's too big to go in. So he did actually solve it pretty well. Took out these cups, put that one in there. So that's pretty good. But now you're just left with another problem. Okay, and then uh, I left him to do this for a bit. He was getting quite frustrated after a while. It took him, he was thinking about it and puzzling over it. And playtime came to an end. So I came along, genius that I am, and just solved the whole thing in about three seconds. And you see, what was a difficult puzzle for Joshua was completely easy for me, due to experience. (laughs) And uh, you see, the women went to the tomb with a question that puzzled them. It was something that they didn't think there was an answer to. It was a genuine problem as they approached God. But it turned out to be an unnecessary worry and even the wrong question because they didn't have the bigger picture in their mind. Let me read that verse. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb? Now, all three of these ladies had seen Jesus die, and two of them had watched him be buried and this huge stone be rolled over the tomb. And they knew, you know, they'd seen the stone, they thought, we cannot lift that stone, So, who will roll away the the stone from the entrance of the tomb? It's a good question, isn't it? And we often have good questions that stop us from taking the next step towards Jesus, towards meeting up with Jesus, towards God. Why does God allow suffering? If Christianity is true, what about the hypocrisy and the abuse that I've seen in Christian churches around the world? Is it fair of God to send people to heaven or hell? Good questions. These questions seem like huge stones that are in the way of us meeting with God, meeting with Jesus. If he's even there, you know, one of the questions might be, is God really there? It's like a huge stone in the way. But I'd say doubt your doubts. Be ready to look for answers to those questions. You might get a book like this one. This is a fairly recent book, Confronting Christianity. 12 hard questions for the world's largest religion, written by a Christian. And uh, so if your question is, how can you say there's only one true faith, chapter in this book about that. Doesn't religion cause violence? How can you take the Bible literally? Hasn't science disproved Christianity? All this sort of stuff. All in this book. So that's one good way you can doubt your doubts. Do a little bit of investigating, and see the bigger picture that the Bible teaches. Because many of us in this room have found that uh, these questions, we've all faced them, I've faced them, sometimes we found that either they're not quite the right question to ask, or when we ask the question, they actually point us to the truth we were hoping for, if we see a bit more of what the Bible teaches. It's a, there's too big a subject to go into now, but you know, the more we learn about the Bible, the more we learn about God, the more we learn actually about this weekend, about the cross and about the resurrection. We find these questions are the right questions to ask and they do point us to Jesus. That's what the women found. When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Problem solved. So, step number two In your journey to meet up with Jesus, be ready to doubt your doubts. Step number three. Listen to the messengers. If the queen invited you to uh, have lunch with her at Buckingham Palace, as happens from time to time, um, you'd turn up to Buckingham Palace and you'd knock on the door. Now, would you be surprised if it wasn't the queen who opened the door? No, of course not. And so when the the door person, door man or door woman opens the door, you wouldn't like say, who are you? You're not the queen. I came to see the queen. No, what you'd do is you'd listen to that person and you'd pay attention to the instructions they were giving because they would take you to the queen. Just like the women uh, going to the tomb, sometimes we expect to meet Jesus and in that moment, all we get is a messenger instead and it can be a bit of a disappointment. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. He's like the doorkeeper at the palace, this young man. And uh, if you want to see the queen, listen to the doorkeeper. And if you want to meet Jesus, are you ready to listen to his messengers? We've been going through our mission statement over the last few months. Good news to share, teaching that connects a life of worship and friends who love. And the first line of this second one, Teaching That Connects, says, we find this good news in the Bible. In a way, the Bible is uh, God's messenger for for today. So I'm God's messenger, I'm Jesus' messenger, only as long as I'm teaching from the Bible. If I stand at the front here and give you Sam's thoughts for the week then you can stop listening to me, okay? But are you ready to listen to the Bible, Jesus' messenger for today? And I want to show you something about the women's encounter with this man in the tomb that teaches us a good lesson about our encounters with the Bible today. I find it quite funny because uh, at every step, it's like the messenger tells the women the exact opposite of what their senses and expectations are. Tell them they should be expecting. So, at the end of verse five, uh, the women arrived, they saw this man. It says, They were alarmed. The messenger says, Don't be alarmed. They were looking for someone they'd seen die. The man says, He's alive. They're probably questioning their sanity at this point and thinking, We better keep this quiet because people think we're crazy. The man says, Go and tell the disciples. The woman was staying at Jerusalem because that's where they saw Jesus last. That's where he died. The man says, you're in the wrong place. Go to Galilee. It's like, them tell, he's, it's like he's telling them the opposite of what they're thinking at every single step of the way on purpose. Just, you know, maybe it's a joke or something. And what do we learn from that? We learn that when we truly encounter God's messenger, we struggle to make sense of it. And it goes against our expectations. That's to be expected. might even seem a bit crazy. I want to give you the Bible's message in a nutshell, just so that you've heard it this morning. This isn't the whole message of the Bible, but it's the key bit. It's that God, in the person of Jesus Christ, died on the cross to take away our guilt, to take away our shame, and to make us friends with God again. And then Jesus rose again from the dead to give us hope of a life beyond the grave. And that life is free from all suffering and pain. It's free from evil, both within us and outside us. It's free from fear. And now he gives that to us as a gift if we just come to him empty-handed, doubting our doubts and trusting him instead. And we listen to his messengers that he has sent to be his witnesses. That is the Bible's message. And that can seem counterintuitive when we're in Tesco doing the shopping and we think, what's all that got to do with real life? So what do we do with that information? Well, let me wrap this all up by adding one more step to the process. I've had three steps so far. One more step. Take the step of faith. Now, we kind of think of a step of faith as being a big, bold leap in the dark, like, okay, I'm ready for this. But, whew, that could have gone wrong. But it's not, that big, it's not that big step in the dark, is it? It's actually much more like a gradual investigation that leads to confidence in the Bible's message. And this is how it began for the women. This is the step of faith. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone. So they've actually directly disobeyed God's messenger at this point. He says, Go and tell the disciples. They said nothing to anyone at the beginning because they were afraid. So that's not a very promising start to their step of faith, is it? And maybe you feel like uh, you're, you've taken the step of faith, you're kind of along that journey. Take heart from, from these women's step of faith. You know, we're not very promising at times, neither were they. But they were the beginning of the first Christian church and they would go on to meet the risen Jesus. Now, let me wrap it all up. You might have noticed that I've called this sermon uh, Meet Up With Jesus. I say you might have noticed, I don't think I actually told you that. I've called this sermon Meet Up With Jesus. Can you see it on the screen behind me? It would have been on the screen, sorry. I've called this sermon Meet Up With Jesus and there's one character who hasn't even made an appearance in our reading and who's that? Jesus. Yeah. Which means the way the story ends is unfinished. You have to write the next page of your history, your life. Will you meet Jesus or not? Do you know him? As that video said at the beginning, that video was great. And I think that video really spelled out all the reasons why it's good to know him. You want to know Jesus for all the reasons the video said. Do you know him? Will you meet Jesus or not? And if you are serious about meeting him, then remember these four steps. Come empty-handed. Doubt your doubts. Listen to the messengers. And then take the step of faith. And let me leave you with Jesus' own promise to finish. Seek and you will find. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we know that in some, some ways, being a Christian today is meeting with you. We have you as our constant friend, and it's a good thing. It's such an amazing thing to know you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to us so that we could know you. But in a sense, we're still waiting to meet you as well, waiting for the end of time when you shall return. And Lord God, I pray, please may each of us in this room want to meet with Jesus. And please may we all meet with Jesus, both now, in the present, in some ways, and in the future at the end of time. Amen.